Herb. Yo, I don't think we should talk about oh, this. Come on, why not? People might misunderstand what we're trying to say, you know? No, but that's a part of life. Why are you playing salt and pepper? Is this Let's Talk About Sex? Oh, you really know your 90s hip-hop, Amy. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Wait a minute. Are we going to be talking about sex? You're very astute. (laughs) Yes, indeed, we will be. This episode is about birth control. And this is also a good time for us to let people know that this may not be suitable for all audiences, especially the youngest listeners. All right, birth control, things like condoms, birth control pills, IUDs, implants, and shots. And with the exception of condoms, all those methods you named are for women. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about reversible hormonal birth control for men. Finally. Here, here. <laughs> you must be talking about the clinical trial taking place at UC Davis Health, the one funded by the National Institutes of Health. That's right. They're testing a hormonal gel that the man rubs onto his shoulders. It was developed by the Population Council and studies are being conducted by the NIH. We're going to tell you all about the trial, including a very frank conversation with a couple taking part in it in this episode of Unfold. Coming to you from UC Davis and UC Davis Health, this is Unfold. I'm Amy Quinton. And I'm Marianne Rush-Sharp. Before we get into male hormonal birth control, it's a good idea to get a quick refresher on how female hormonal birth control works. Take the pill, for example. I mean, don't actually take it. (laughs) But as an example, yes, we got you. Dr. Mitchell Crennan is a professor of obstetrics and gynecology and a family planning specialist at UC Davis Health. When a woman takes a combined birth control pill, there's two hormones, an estrogen and a progestin. And it's the progestin that really works to prevent pregnancy. It shuts down the system so the brain no longer tells the ovary to work. And when the ovary stops working, it not only stops making eggs, but it also stops making hormones. So for the woman to feel normal, we have to give her the estrogen back. Dr. Crennan, who is running the clinical trial at UC Davis, says the hormonal contraception gel for men works in a similar way. We're giving a progestin called nesterone in a gel. The brain stops telling the testes to work, so it no longer makes sperm, but it also doesn't make testosterone. And for a man to feel normal and have erections and even be able to have sex, he needs testosterone. So we give him nesterone plus testosterone, whereas a woman is getting a progestin plus estrogen. Same kind of process. Okay, so that's how it works. Marianne, we mentioned that this is a clinical trial, so tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, so we should first point out that the trial is taking place all over the world, not just at UC Davis. Right now, Dr. Crennan says they're about three years into the phase two trial, the human testing phase. They're not currently recruiting. They had a lot of interest and people signed up quickly. Good, so is it working? Dr. Crennan says it's working even better than expected. Most couples have had minimal or manageable side effects. I imagine it is a big decision to take part in this trial, regardless of potential side effects, right? It is. And I found a couple taking part in the trial who were willing to let me into their home to ask some pretty personal questions. Black Mac! Hello! Hello! On a recent Sunday morning, I visited Matthew Trevino and Emily Fletcher at their home in a quiet Sacramento neighborhood. 
Matthew is 35, Emily is 28, and they both work at UC Davis. In fact, that's where they met. She caught my eye walking into work one day as a new employee, and um, she caught me uh, staring at her walking away from me. Um, So yeah, and uh, it kind of was awkward at first. It sure was, because I turned around and I was like, um, hello, who are you? Random man staring at me. It was an awkward, funny encounter. But that's not so unusual for Matthew, who actually spent time as a stand-up comedian. It's really funny. Emily says that's one of the many things that makes him so much fun to be around. He just makes me really happy anytime we're together. And I think I realized that maybe like two or three months in. And I was like, hmm, I think, I think I'm going to stick with this one. Matthew knew almost right away that he was in love with Emily. He even blurted it out in this moment of spontaneity during a weekend getaway. But get this, Emily didn't hear him. <laughs> he was pretty relieved. And a few months later on a trip to Point Reyes, he said it again. And like... Uh, whales were jumping, there was elk everywhere, there was like wildflower blooms and all this other stuff. And and then I said it to make sure that she could hear me. She said it back. And uh, that was that was probably the beginning of when we were both like, yeah, we're going to be around for a while. Yeah. Bajillion years, give or take. That's what we were That's saying. That's usually what we say. A bajillion years. They have such a great love story. How long have they been together? Yeah, they're awesome. They've been a couple for more than three years and have been living together for more than two of those. And by the way, that's important because to take part in the trial, a couple has to be in a committed relationship. So how did Matthew and Emily find out about this trial in the first place? Well, a friend sent Matthew some information about the trial, which was also taking place in Portland. So he called the Portland site and they steered him to UC Davis. Matthew is a researcher at heart and he says he's really driven by data. So he was intrigued. I've always been interested in male contraception. Um, I kind of think it's unfair that it only lands on the women and a, a guy can get a girl pregnant every day throughout the year, but a woman can only have one pregnancy throughout the year. So it's like maybe maybe the, the burden's on the wrong side. Yeah, maybe the burden is on the wrong side. But what about Emily? Was she on board right away too? It was a little more complicated for Emily. She'd been on some form of birth control for a long time and she was on an IUD and would have to go off that. For them to take part. I had been on birth control since I was 12. As soon as my um, my cycle started, it was just uncontrollable. And I was anemic. I wasn't having a normal life. So they decided the best way to do it was to just put me on birth control. Um, so that was 15 years of hormones in my body that I had never let normalize. You know, it's not just about a woman's health either. There's a lot to consider with this, especially given the changing laws around abortion access. Yeah, and Emily had some of those concerns. I was worried about getting off of my birth control, um, mostly because at the time that we were just introducing ourselves to the study was when all of the Roe v. Wade and abortion stuff was happening and Knowing that we live in California, I was less concerned than if I had lived somewhere else, but it was still a thought in the back of my mind that maybe this will be an issue, like if the drug doesn't work and I get pregnant. 
In the end, Emily decided it was the right thing for her and for their relationship. And as Matthew says, there's another factor that plays into this for both of them. I've never really had that, like, urge to be a parent. Um, And luckily, we're kind of in a time now that adults choosing not to be parents is becoming more and more accepted. Um, There's a term we've learned uh, in the last months, dink, which is double income, no kids. Um, And then there's also dinkwad, double income, no kids with a dog. And we are 100% dinkwads. Hey. Mom, come here. Come here. You're going to lay down? Come right here. Come right here. Come on. Come on. Oh, you cutie. You cutie dog. I thought that that was a dog I was hearing. (laughs) You're good. Yeah, the sweetest dog. She's a rescue. Her name is Rosie. And we have an adorable family portrait of the three of them on our website, ucdavis.edu slash unfold. Definitely check it out. So what does the trial mean for them in terms of like their everyday life, their routine? Well, that's the next part of the story. So this is the actual drug. Matthew's standing in front of his bathroom mirror with his shirt off. He's a former Marine and has colorful tattoos covering his left arm. Most are symbols of California, like the state capitol building, redwood trees, and Mount Shasta. Every morning for the last year, this is where he's applied the gel. It comes in a canister about the size of a can of shaving cream, and each one holds two weeks' worth of doses. And it's just become a part of my morning routine. Uh, Like, wake up, use the bathroom, brush my teeth, and then apply... Uh, 74 milligrams um, and half of that per squirt. So one squirt in one hand goes to one side of the chest and then the other squirt goes to the other side. So it's really quick. It's alcohol based so it evaporates pretty fast. Get all the tattoos. (laughs) And that's pretty much it. And then wash hands afterwards. They want us... um, like no contact with your partner for four hours after application, um, just so Emily doesn't get any of the testosterone or the drug on her. And then just go about my day after that. It's super easy, not really like an inconvenience to the day or anything like that. And yeah. Side effects are possible with the drug, but for Matthew, they've been minimal and not all necessarily negative. I've uh, only experienced increased libido, um, probably some weight gain. I mean, and, and my case could be unique. There's, there's hundreds of couples that are going through this. Some um, may have, you know, decreased libido. Everybody's body is going to react differently to a new drug. The list of possible side effects from the drug is long. It includes things like dry or oily skin, increased or decreased libido, hair growth or loss, mood swings, and more. Maybe I'm just lucking out, um, but I hope this is the the case for the majority of participants, because if that is the case, then there's, there's something we have on our hands here that is definitely uh, going to change contraception as a whole, I feel. Emily says she's had no major issues from going off her birth control, and they both say the trial has affected their sex life. There are periods where before I go in for an appointment, they they want me to refrain from ejaculations for two to seven days, and it's like, we're always pushing the two two to three day mark, 
Um, you're not going to get seven days out of us. But it's even in those two, three days, like she could attest, like I'm chomping at the bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> come on, is it time? Can we can we do something now? Yeah, I was going to say I've had to adjust to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we definitely, I think, are having more sex now than we did before. Um, with less worry. Yeah, less with worry. less worry. Um, the IUD is really effective, but knowing that his sperm count is essentially zero is definitely, you know, it's peace of mind. Mm. It really is peace of mind to know that it's effective for them. A sperm count of zero? Wow. Yeah. And Emily went off her IUD without any negative health issues. They've had a great experience. So there must be more than just applying the gel every day since researchers are testing this new drug, right? So what are the other requirements of the trial for Matthew and Emily? Like, do they have regular checkups? Yeah, they do. In fact, I tagged along for one of Matthew's appointments recently at UC Davis Health. It included tests that are part of the study. All right, let me go ahead and take your vitals. Matthew is sitting in a chair in an exam room while Edward Elizaurus, a clinical research coordinator, takes his blood pressure. Elizaurus also accepts a semen sample yeah, from Matthew that he collected at home and gives All him right, the results so from last month. Your sperm count was still at zero, which is good. Perfect. Um, and then your labs, last visit we did a hemoglobin and hematocrit, that came out normal as well. Today we'll do... Uh, prepares to take more blood to run a metabolic panel, a complete blood count, and check Matthew's hormone levels to make sure everything's normal. Now let me go ahead and draw your blood. Matthew also turns in a log of each time he's applied the gel and diaries that he and Emily keep about their sex life and any side effects. And it gets two new canisters of the gel. Uh, if you have any questions, just let us know, and then we'll see you actually next month. Yep. So Matthew has monthly medical appointments. What does Emily have to do? Well, in addition to the diary, Emily also has regular check-ins with the trial staff, not quite as often as Matthew. I loved hearing from Matthew and Emily, but one thing we didn't talk about was how quickly the gel works. Dr. Crennan says this is an area where things work differently than with female hormonal birth control. We are used to a birth control pill for a woman where she can start it and it starts right away, and then she can stop it and she can get pregnant right away. A man's system is not set up that way. Dr. Crennan says sperm production will shut down and start back up. But because men are normally making sperm all the time, the timing is different. You have to have a large volume of sperm for uh, in the ejaculate for pregnancy to occur. So it takes a while to get the numbers down. And then afterwards, it takes a few months to get the numbers back up. The time commitment for a couple to take part in the trial is nearly two years, including a full year of it being the sole form of contraception and a few months on either side as things ramp up and then down. The researchers expected the gel to work about as well as the female birth control pill, and it's working even better than they expected. That's great. So what's next for Matthew and Emily? Matthew and Emily have been in the trial now for more than a year, and they're in what's called the recovery phase, which means he's off the gel. And within a few months, they expect his sperm count to be back to normal. They had a tough choice about birth control again then, huh? Yeah, they are back to using condoms. And Matthew is now thinking about a vasectomy. 
There's also the possibility of enrolling in phase three of the trial. Oh, there's a phase three. I didn't know that. Yeah, researchers are still planning that, and it would include a lot more people. They hope they'll be able to start enrolling participants maybe next year or in 2025. I don't suppose Matthew and Emily could keep using the gel until then. Oh, they wish they could, (laughs) but unfortunately not. It is all very tightly controlled since it is a clinical trial. They did both say they would buy it right now if they could. And Dr. Crennan says they're hoping to be able to publish some of the study's findings in the coming year. He thinks this trial is a turning point. I think that this first product that comes to market, and this probably will be that first product whenever it happens, is going to create a social change. The way our society thinks about couples and uh, men's and women's responsibility for preventing pregnancy, not that it will shift it away from women, but it will make all of us realize that both truly need to participate. That's definitely also how Matthew feels about it. And Dr. Crennan takes it a step further. But I think we also need to change the way we're approaching uh, women and protecting them and realizing that our greatest resource is not a man with testicles. Our greatest resource are women in our society. And none of us would be here without the women that went through pregnancy for us. I couldn't have said it better myself. And Dr. Crennan really is optimistic about the possibilities. I've been doing contraceptive development studies for over 30 years, and I never thought in my lifetime that we'd be getting this close with male hormonal contraception. It's the kind of thing that might keep me from retiring. I want to keep seeing this to the end. Well, that seems like a pretty good place to end this episode. Don't forget to visit our website where we have fantastic photos of Matthew, Emily, and their dog, Rosie, too. And you can find out more information about the clinical trial, which, as a reminder, is not currently enrolling people. That's right. Those pictures are beautiful. It's ucdavis.edu slash unfold. And you can also listen to episodes from previous seasons of Unfold there. And don't forget to help our audience grow by subscribing to Unfold wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. I'm Amy Quinton. And I'm Marianne Rushsharp. Thanks for listening. Unfold is a production of UC Davis. Original music for Unfold comes from Damian Barrett and Curtis Jerome Haynes. Additional music comes from Blue Dot Sessions.